joining hunkering down with Peter Schorsch is lobbyist Kelly Millette, who works with uh, Ron Book. Uh, they and are probably always perennially in the top two or three um, top grossing lobbying firms in Tallahassee. And then when you add on their very robust uh, practice in South Florida, I'm sure it, it's, it only goes north from there. Um, we have profiled her in the magazine, Influence Magazine, as one of the powers behind the throne. Um, Kelly, how are you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. We're we're very lucky. Family's healthy, and uh, you know we're we're adjusting well. So I can't complain. <laughs> um, all right. So for the audience's knowledge, tell me just a little bit, like who you are, where you're from. Give us a little thumbnail sketch of uh, who you are. Okay, uh, Kelly Millette. I am originally from uh, Miami, uh, born and raised. Um, I actually live in a little city called Biscayne Park, which is um, sort of sandwiched between North Miami and Miami Shores. Uh, I basically grew up in Biscayne Park. Um, I live about three blocks from the house I grew up in. My parents still live in that house. My sister lives in the same neighborhood as well. Um, I'm married. Uh, my husband is Juan Fonseca. He works for uh, Motorola Solutions. I have two children, a son who's 12 and a daughter who's almost nine. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Uh, Thank you. you. Did you have a nice Mother's Day? I did. I had a very nice Mother's Day. It was, uh, I got to, let's see, that the, my husband got takeout from Moe's uh, Deli, which is, uh, uh, we all like it, so that was kind of a treat. Um, and I finally got around to watching uh, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to watch for a long time, so I really enjoyed that. And just, you know, spent the day with the kids and hung out and, we had it. We had a good day. See, this is how podcasts go. You just introduced several topics that I've got to dive into. Number one, <laughs> let's talk about deli because you live in a part of the world that has good deli, and I do not, and I am very jealous. <laughs> well, I, I I have to agree with you on that. So I we actually uh, our offices down here in South Florida are in Aventura. Aventura okay. is near. Uh, Moe's Bagels and Deli, which is sort of a very, I, I would call it, I describe it as a pretty famous South Florida deli. Governors have visited there, uh, members of Congress have visited there, but besides that, it happens to be a great deli. Um, I uh, There's a lot of delis near me. Um, Moe's is, is, is probably my go-to when I want to have, if, we were, if we're getting bagels or tuna salad, whitefish salad, my kids really like the baked salmon salad, Novo, all those things. Um, they have the best arugula ever. They also have the best potato salad ever, um, <laughs> ever anywhere. Um, but I also, there's another deli cl a little closer to our house called the uh, Big Apple Deli that's also very, very good. We have a selection of delis. So I, when I, you know, if we go out to breakfast, like we have a choice of deli or chain. So when we go on trips, we really look for those breakfast places, kind of like what they have in Tallahassee. Uh, you know, if you think of Canopy Road Cafe or another broken egg, we kind of look for those more. Uh, we just don't have too many of those types down here in South Florida. Here it's like deli or you can also get good Cuban breakfast as well. I am. Um, we have to uh, have our bagel shipped in from Essa uh, mm -hmm. in New York when we want to have like a really good bagel. Um, 
because it just, you know, there just isn't the water here to make great bagels. And like when I lived in New York, I just learned to appreciate like what great deli salad is, like just all the different, you know, just the stuff that you wouldn't even think about. It's not even, it's not in Publix. It's not in the cold case of Publix. It's, uh, you know, it's just all those great, as much mayonnaise as you can possibly get in some of those deli salad. And I just, I, uh, I'm envious of that. All right. So what do you think about El Camino? I really enjoyed it. I'm, I really like, I would say that um, I enjoy, uh, I probably get a little more enjoyment out of shows than I do out of movies okay. uh, these days. Yeah. Uh, my husband scouts shows for me and tells me which ones I'm going to like. Um, but I really, I would have to say, I mean, Breaking Bad was the rare exception where I told him, hey, we got to watch this. I, I, to me, it's the best show that's ever been made on television ever. Uh, a close second for me was a show that was on FX many years ago called The Shield. Um, so I, I'm watching Better Call Saul. I, uh, I don't know if you watched that, but uh, I think they must have run out of, they may, they may have had to stop filming. Um, so, you know, I, I really feel like I don't know. We're kind of left, we were left a little hanging. I think it was like the ninth episode. I'm very concerned about Kim, but I really loved El Camino. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was a good movie. And I was really glad to kind of see what happened to Jesse. I thought it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. When I talk with people about Breaking Bad, I always, um, I, I think the ending seasons were, um, were so well done, you know, because they didn't have the budget at the beginning. It was on AMC. I don't think that they knew what it was going to turn at. So it's like the first season, they don't have the same level, the same production value. And therefore I will, I'll make the argument like as an entire series, I still go with Mad Men, Sopranos and Wire ahead of it. Even, But I will say it's closing seasons were better than the closing seasons of those shows because they had the, at that point, they were doing such great things with the production values, like the cast that they had had just grown into such a, a fierce ensemble. And I, I really liked Breaking, I really liked Better Call Saul. I thought it was um, like the addition of, um, um, what's his name, Lula, um, you know, Tony Love's character. He's fantastic. Yes, yes. Kim Daniels may, or Kim Daniels, uh, there's a slip. Uh, Kim may be the best character on television right now. I mean, she is just, so amazing um, it could it's one well she's excellent but also uh i really like that uh what's her name in uh ozark i can't remember her name oh um, yeah 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 oh, is it, uh, the girl the blonde uh jennifer, is, it, is it ruth ruth it's ruth i, I think it's her name jennifer garner i think i i, I think her name is because i just saw her yesterday in the assistant um which is kind of like a harvey weinstein like it's 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 almost a play on Harvey Weinstein. It's um, she's excellent in it, and it had, it was one of those movies that was going to come out, um, and it you know it was supposed to you know be wider release, and then the pandemic hit. Um, so if you you want a good movie, The Assistant is very well produced, and she's excellent. I really like Ozark, by the way. I thought the third season of Ozark was excellent. Um, I really liked it too. I, uh, I don't think I loved it as much as I've loved other seasons. Okay. Um, but I think, but I, I just, I think it's a great show. Um, I think it's very well written and take kind of in terms of, I mean, I just thought not to go back to Breaking Bad, but I thought Breaking Bad was just so well written. You kind of could never predict what was going to happen. You kind of think you'd know, 
And then they would really, and they, they just were so creative. They did things, at least for me, I thought it was really, really creative. But I, but I really like Ozark too, a lot. Um, and I thought that the way that the, uh, you've watched the whole thing, I'm not, anyways, not to, I don't want to get any spoilers, I really thought the ending was a perfect ending. So how busy are you right now? Uh, very busy, as busy as ever. Um, I have, uh, I really feel like um, we went from session busy straight into uh, straight into this busy, um, and this busy is a different kind of busy, but it's it's still really busy. So um, for All us, I, friends have told me that they're busy, and I know that they are because um, I see it, but. Explain like, and I, I want like we had we had we were not going to do an edition of Influence magazine during the summer. We ended up gonna we are gonna do an edition, um, you know, basically because I feel there's so many good like I don't want to say heroes, but there's been a lot of good things that I want to get out there uh, and memorialize. What explain why you're busy right now? Because I don't think people understand. Wait a second, the government's not open, or it is. But how? Why are lobbyists so busy right now? Because I I know the answer, but I would love for you to explain why you're so busy right now. Uh, well, first of all, I think there was at the beginning of this. This was a completely different circumstance, obviously, than we've ever found our, ourselves in as a country, as a state, as a community. So, uh, you know, a lot of our clients um, needed uh, needed number one to kind of understand all of the orders that were coming out of the state government, but then to understand all the orders that were coming out of local governments, understand what they meant, understand the parameters, understand the rules, and for and, and to ensure that look, if it, you know, uh, good businesses want to play by the rules, um, so you know, understanding what's essential and what's not essential, ensuring that. Uh, staffs that are coming to and from an essential workplace uh, can do so safely and without incident and without concern um, was important. Um, so, so they needed our help really making, you know, interpreting those orders, ensuring that messages that they had um, about the importance of what they were doing uh, was getting to the right people, was getting to, you know, the, the, the uh, state or local government leaders that needed to know. Um, so that kind of that kind of started the whole thing. Um, and if you recall, I mean, really, uh, there were orders coming out regularly every yeah. day, and and we state, local, beyond. I mean, for example, I'll give a I'll give a perfect example of of one client is uh, we represent the Southeast Florida Apartment Association. We actually act as their government affairs director. We also represent the Florida Apartment Association, but. Um, understanding what was allowable and who's essential um, for CIFA in uh, Dade, Broward and Palm Beach. You know, while Dade, Broward and Palm Beach are moving kind of as one now, they weren't necessarily doing that at the beginning. So really trying to make sure that their members knew what was happening, that their members knew what was allowable, that their members understood the parameters. The same goes for the Florida Apartment Association and lots of others. Um, so, I mean, we would spend... Uh, you know, kind of as you talk to leaders about, um, you know, this is what we need, then, you know, orders would come out, we'd be watching the press conferences, and we'd be sending that out. Here's here's what happened, here's what you can expect, here's what this order means, here's what's effective. Um, so we were trying to get that information to our clients, 
um, as quickly as possible. And then, you know, giving them an opportunity to respond. And if we need to go back and do some more work, we would. But I think that's really kind of how it started. And then as a firm, we just decided very early, look, this is the time where your clients need you, where people need to know you're there 24-7. So we have, I think we've always been a very 24-7 firm. Um, everybody's 24-7 in session, right? I, I think we're 24-7 a lot. Uh, but but we really said, what can we do that goes above and beyond? So um, one of the things that we did was a couple of weeks in, we started, uh, we're not big email marketing folks, but we did We've done some a uh, couple of newsletters that we've sent out to to legislators and others, just highlighting some of the good works of our clients, some of the good work that they're doing. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of an extra thing we did. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, you've got local governments that are meeting in virtual meetings. Um, for our local practice, we've got a lot of people who've got developments um, that that they want to continue to move forward. So trying to do your best to get approvals and move things through the process. Uh, people in government, government, well, while government may have, you know, people think has shut down, government's essential, government's been working. Um, that doesn't mean they've been making big policy decisions behind the scene, but for people who, uh, whose every day depends on, you know, relationships with government or something like that, it, you know, it's, it's important. To, to, to be available and, and we've been and we've been doing that I, and I don't want you to get into details but how, how bad is the haircut that you all have had to take I mean give me a sense of like where the industry the lobbying industry is at right now you see that clients are pulling back are they you know taking a wait-and-see approach are they realizing the value that you know the navigators of government are, are, are going to have over the next 12 to 24 months, what kind of conversations are you having with, with, uh, with clients without getting into like specifics that have, you know, betray their confidence? Of course. So we had, we had a very strong first quarter, much like the state. So we're very happy about that. Um, where we could, where we knew that we had folks that were, uh, forced to shut down, we've tried to work with them. Look, this isn't about what you do over the next eight weeks. This is about, you know, keeping a relationship for the next eight years. Um, we're proud that we have clients, um, you know, several clients who've been with the firm uh, since its inception, um, and many others have been there, you know, long established relationships for many, many years. So our philosophy has really been, hey, um, while while we have, um, in some instances, um, put a hold on some on some things uh, for a couple of months, uh, you know, with understandings with those clients. Um, it, you know, I wouldn't say it's been extensive, but there have been some that have needed that. And we voluntarily, uh, you know, tried, we voluntarily offered that up and, and tried to work with them, um, and, and, and feel confident that when, you know, things get back to normal, things will be back to normal and we'll all be back to normal. So that's been, that's been our approach. Um, so I want, I, I mean, look, we're, we're like other businesses. It's, this is, this has a cost, Right. I mean, there is going to be an economic cost when it's all said and done. Um, but I also believe that as things open up, as people grow in confidence, those relationships where we've had to sort of say, okay, let's put things on hold for now. Let's take these couple of months um, and uh, and put a hold on things, you know, and let's revisit it in two months or eight weeks or 
12 weeks, I think those will all be back. Um, but we've tried to be uh, we've tried to be proactive in working with folks who we know are having a difficult time. Are you um, are you involved in the fundraising aspect of the firm? I mean, I know you guys are, you know, you're a smaller uh, band than others. So I assume that you are in the normally you'd be involved in the fundraising part, correct? Yes. Yes. What is that looking like right now? Well, um, so I think I think it's going to depend on client by client. I think and I and I think it's going to depend sort of look, everyone's going to have to adjust to and I think that means campaigns are going to have to adjust. Campaigns yeah. are going to have to do more with less. They're going to have to figure out a way um, to, you know, to, to deliver on their campaign plans, um, but in a different way. Right. So, I mean, I, I think we've got folks that are prepared to continue to be helpful, um, as campaigns go and will, um, as a firm, we're helpful, uh, <laughs> personally and as a firm. So I think we'll continue to do that too. Um, but I think, look, there, everybody's, everybody's shifted their focus. Everybody's, everybody's had to dial, dial it down and dial it back. And I think, um, and I think, you know, our goal would be to try to continue to help in every way that we can and, um, and to, uh, you know, to really hope, I guess I would say, I would really hope that what we can be for people is, you know, for leaders on both sides of the aisle, for, uh, you know, <coughs> campaigns around the state, look, hey, I, don't, we don't need to do more than you need, but if, but if, if, you know, X amount means that this mailing gets out, and if this mailing gets out, you know, it, it, it's important to your campaign plan, then, then ask us about that. I mean, you know, as I'm talking to you, that kind of makes me think that that's something that people need to do instead of asking for that traditional whatever it is to my committee or traditional thousand dollar check here or there, you know, show us tangibly what you need. Bring us in, um, show us tangibly exactly what you need and, and let us be of help to you where we can. All right. That's what I've been saying is that there's going to be a cash crunch. The $1.5 million legislative campaign is now going to be a 600,000 one, maybe if they're lucky. Um, and I do think that, you know, challengers are going to have a much more difficult time just because there just isn't going to be oxygen to, to get out there. Although I do feel like, I don't think you, I don't think we can say, what an unemployed person is going to do in terms of voting one way or the other. I don't, if you could, you could be a Trump voter through and through, but if you're unemployed, that trumps the Trump part. You could be a Biden supporter through and through. If you're still unemployed in, in November, that's going to trump the, um, uh, the Biden support. And I just, I feel like if that number is still, you know, in the millions range or something like that, who knows what could happen? I mean, maybe those people don't vote, but or maybe they just, you know, I'm going to vote everybody out. I mean, I think it, you know, it could be crazy at that point. All right. So I know you probably get this question a lot. Uh, what is it like to work with a, I mean, a legend like uh, Ron Book? Tell us something that we don't know about working with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Well, first of all, I have been with Ron. I think probably people don't realize that uh, I've been with, uh, with him for 18 years now. Um, so that's, you know, basically I've, I've grown up there in, in many regards. Before that, um, I worked for uh, Senator Ron Silver. And before that, I worked for, uh, at the time, the mayor of Miami. So I and, and through all of those things, I knew Ron. So I've, I've known him for a long time. And when the senator that I worked for was termed out, I was considering some opportunities. And I was, you know, having one of those, uh, you know, meetings with Ron that I think a lot of, you know, people who start in this process do saying, hey, what's your advice? I've got this offer. What do you think? We'd really worked closely uh, when I worked for Senator Silver, and he said, "Hey, look, that offer is great, and you know, you should. It, it would be great if you could take it, but that's not what you're going to do. You're going to come work for me." Uh, and I was like, "Well, you know, I don't know. Let me think about it." And anyway, but but my mind was really made up uh, pretty quickly at the time, and I don't know that when I started, I thought that I would be there that long. I don't know. Some people are really like great at planning the next 20 years of their life. I don't think I am. I'm really a person that's more focused on, you know, I, I think I focus on action and present and things like that. But, um, th okay. So what's it like to work for him, work with him for all these years? Uh, number one, I don't think people realize the, some people do, but he's got like a ridiculous sweet tooth. Ridiculous. <laughs> and okay. I mean, when I say ridiculous, I mean, and he really turns it up in session a lot of times I think try to, you know, he's, we're working a lot of hours. He tries to lighten it up. I mean, this session he, he ordered, I would say, just just dozens and dozens of pints of ice cream. And, you know, he'd try to stop us sometimes late in the afternoon or after a meeting. Hey, let's have an ice cream tasting. Open up 10 pints of ice cream and grab a spoon and taste 10, pint, 10, 10 different, you know, flavors of ice cream. He's, uh, when it's not that, he's always looking for ordering, you know, the best brisket or ordering the, what, whatever it is. I mean, cookies, cakes, candies, pies, from, tries to find the best of what he likes. Uh, and then, you know, does, does treat us all to that pretty regularly. So that's, uh, something I don't think people realize he does. Uh, it's his way of lightening the mood and, uh, his way of, uh, you know, fostering a team environment and, and, and it does. <laughs> Now I know why uh, he's my big uh, Girl Scout uh, sale each year, uh, Girl Scout cookie sale each year. So that now kind of makes sense. Yes, he's uh, so that's that's one thing people don't know. Um, I think the other thing is, is that uh, he's he's very I think, you know, in terms of working together, he's solicitous of input of all of us um wants to you know is is good to you know we we try to craft our plans together um we don't always agree sometimes we uh you know he prefers one course of action i prefer another course of action we'll kind of debate back and forth um and i should say we that's um you know there's another lobbyist in our firm ronna brown who's right there with us as well doing the same. So, um, the three of us, she's right there with, with us and the tastings right there with us kind of debating back and forth, um, a course. And, you know, I think what happens is when you go through that kind of a process is all of our, all of our clients benefit, um, from that back and forth and that input and that, 
you know, desire to get to the right, the right strategy. All right. Let me ask you uh, my, uh, my standard questions for this podcast, which is I'm going to have to, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to have to retool them as we reopen. Although I, I have a feeling people are still going to be hunkered down at some level, even when, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I just don't feel like we're all going to be rushing out to do stuff uh, all of the time. Um, when did coronavirus, when did this pandemic get real for you um, and, and tell you that this was going to be now essentially a, a society changing event? For me, um, so I would say that I, and this isn't the exact direct answer, but let me start with, I started watching it um, in, I guess it would have been, you know, early February, we're start, early February, we started making plans for spring break. And our initial plan for spring break was to go to New York um, and spend some time in New York. And my kids have never been to New York. So uh, I'm a big theater fan. They've, they're big theater fans as well. We do a lot of, we have the do a lot of shows down here at our, at at the, at the Broadway series here in Miami, which is, which is excellent. But, um, so we were, we were looking at New York and I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't go. I mean, I, should we be, I'm a little nervous about making plans there. So then we said, okay, maybe not New York, maybe we'll go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we like, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't go to Chicago. Maybe we need to stay, stick to Florida. And we, we plan to go down to the Keys and, run a place for, for the week and, and stay there. And then, um, anyway, obviously all those plans changed, but the day it became real to me was the day that, that Disney world closed to me. Uh, that was the day it became real. This is, this is the real deal when that happens. Did you see over the weekend, Shanghai, uh, reopened and I've been watching the video from that to see how, how they're trying to, uh, manage reopening Shanghai Disneyland and, I don't know. I, I I tweeted at somebody today. They were saying this person who had filmed it was like, "Hey, there's no way people are going to be, no way Americans are going to do this." And it was abide by some of these pretty restrictive movements. And I'm like, people would climb over barbed wire to get back into Disney World. Um, I totally agree with you. There'll be lines out the door. Yeah, there'll be seventy socially distanced, people. of course. Yeah the moment they open that back up. So, um, all right. So what are your last norm? And I would love to, I try to make these podcasts 15 to 20 minutes and we're at minute 27. I've been, I've been waiting for somebody that I could talk a little Broadway with. And uh, you know, that's one of the, I mean, that's just one of those. I think about Broadway being shut down right now. And that's like one of those things. I read an article over this weekend that 11 Madison park, which is my, my favorite restaurant in the world is is probably not going to reopen and i'm like there are just parts of new york that short of a vaccine there's just no way you can reopen them and it's like i don't know how broadway is going to be i mean you're just everybody's on top of everybody in there um and i just don't, i don't know how it's going to happen I, I don't have an answer for it right now um what was your last normal day like so I guess my last normal day, um, well, I, you know, of course the session ended and, and we were working in South Florida and gosh, um, 
we put a lot of things in place there that sort of last week um, where I think we were number one uh, trying to prepare and uh, continue to you know work with our clients on on you know downloading some of the session stuff reports and things like that and at the same time really planning to work remotely um, so there was a lot that went into that um, just in terms of of our team and our office and things like that that's that's what I remember the last normal normal like going to the office day but I really feel as far as uh, as far as being home that uh, working remotely something you know working remotely is not something that uh, uh, I don't think that's something that, that that's easy came easy to our firm right Ron's kind of an old-school guy that way um, definitely and 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 I think there's a lot to be said for that for doing that I think it keeps people on task I think it um, I, I don't mind I, I like going to an office I, I have no problem with it um, some people love working from home they hate going to an office that's I'm 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 pretty adaptable either way but I feel like I've had a lot of normal days here filled with calls um, filled with work trying to continue to to you know keep in touch with folks as you know you want to you want to you know where you have relationships, you want to, you want to keep, you know, you want to stay on top of them. You want to keep working. them. You want to check in on your friends. You want to um, check in on your clients. You want to be of, of, of service and of help. And so I feel like, I don't really feel like I had a last normal day, so to speak. Um, because I feel like I just, you know, we're, I'm working the same. All that's changed is the location. I, um, uh... I wonder what this, I, I want to tell you the story about Ron, which is always, like, I always think it's funny. I don't know him very well, but he's always incredibly kind to me. Like, I, I, I just want to say that again and again, um, is that he is just, I find him, he is old school and he's old school kind. Um, I saw him on the corner of Adam Street, and I'm not up in Tallahassee that often, but I, I, um, I, I think I had done something that he enjoyed. Like he liked something that I wrote and he was, uh, he was on, you know, both cell phones and he tells me, he's like, he gets off of them. He's like, hold on for a second. And he's just like, Hey, anything you need. But what was funny was I go in for, I think I go in for a handshake and he kind of goes in for a hug and I ended up kissing him on the cheek and like, like, and his beard went one way. And so like, Maybe like half of our lips, like it was just this incredibly <laughs> awkward social moment that didn't mean to like, we both just kept elevating it. And somehow <laughs> uh, I think I ended up kissing him. Um, and so that's my, that was like the first time I had seen him in a while. And so that's my, uh, that was my Ron book story. Um, <laughs> um, and it's so true because you can just see him, he just is, you can see him moving a million miles a minute. I, 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 I can see him burning off. Now I understand like he's just got all this ice cream, but his metabolism is just gotta be set to, you know, 1000 or whatever. It is. It is. It's, it's, he just has to, he persuades calories to burn. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> it's unfair is what it is. What is, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear, this because I mean you're the first one to drop an El Camino um, reference. What is what is or like a couple two three things that you want to uh, share with the audience about 
that they should read or watch or download or play or anything like that? Okay, well, I uh, so I'm a big, um, I, I like reading, but I, I, I have not done as much of it as, uh, I've, I've read less and less for pleasure over the years. Um, right now I'm reading Devil in the Grove. I really wanted to, yeah. I've wanted to read that book for a long time. Um, and I, and, and I think it's, it's, it's a very good book. Um, there is, uh, a lot of my book recommendations come from my dad. He's an avid wall street journal, uh, uh, reader, uh, but he's also an avid reader period. He reads a lot of nonfiction. Um, the best book I've ever read that I think everyone should read, uh, is unbroken. I think that's, uh, if, if you have not read unbroken, you need to read unbroken, especially as you, um, especially kind of as we go through this, the unbroken, uh, is, uh, uh, story of one man in his, through world war two. It's written by Laura Hillenbrand. Yeah. She actually wrote sea biscuit. She's a chronic fatigue syndrome had it, her books are so well researched, detailed. Uh, it's, it's amazing what she does working from home. Okay. And with, with a, with a serious illness. Um, so I, I think that is a fabulous book and, and really everyone should read that. It's the kind of thing that my kids one day I will make them, uh, when they're old enough, read that book. Um, in terms of watching, uh, I, like I said, my husband, kind of scouts shows for me, tells me what I'll like. But, uh, so recently he told me that I, I should really watch this, uh, mini series on Netflix called Godless. It's a Western. I can't yeah. say I'm a big fan of the genre, uh, but it is a great miniseries. The premise of the show is that uh, it is a mining town where uh, that's that's basically run by women. Uh, all the men died in a mining accident. Um, so that's the premise of the show. It's uh, one of the one of the folks in the show is Merritt Weaver, who I think is she was also an unbelievable. Uh, another good miniseries. She was in the movie Signs. She was, uh, I think she's got another show on HBO. Do you know what I'm talking about? I she's, don't know her. And I, I know oh, you would know her if you saw her. Okay. She's, she's, she was a nurse Jackie. Okay. She was like the second nurse, nurse Jackie. She's great. Uh, so she's one of the leads in the show. Um, I really have enjoyed okay. that show. Yes. All right. Check it out. I, like I say, I'm not a big I, I would not say that I'm a big Western fan. That's not my genre necessarily, but I loved the show. I really enjoyed it. And um, uh, there's show Bosch. I like that show. Um, of course, o Ozark we talked about. Um, I have watched, kind of going back to Broadway, um, I've, I've watched some of the Broadway things that have been special uh, throughout this. I really enjoyed watching um, that I'm watching sometimes we as a family, we watch some good news that that's what John Krasinski does once a week. It's a, yeah, yeah. so we've, we've been watching that. I really enjoyed watching the cast of Hamilton on that. Um, Hamilton was the last, last show that I saw in Miami. I, at, at, at some point I want to say they had to stop performances. I got to see it early in their, uh, I, I was one of the, I guess, probably the first week that it was here. Um, so that was lucky. I, I got to, I did watch the uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, uh, I watched Phantom of the Opera. The, the It was the kind of a reshowing of, I want to say, the 30th anniversary at the, 
that they did on his channel and I really enjoyed that. Um, and my kids, uh, my daughter, who's, who's like I said, she'll be nine. Um, it, I could talk about them all day, but she has wanted me to watch. And so I've been watching a series of unfortunate events. Uh, she watched it before me, but wants me to watch it. So I've been watching that too. Who's doing the homeschooling right now? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so my, we, we both work, we both have demanding jobs. My husband's a software engineer. Um, I, my son's kind of old enough where he can kind of manage himself. He's in, he's in zoom calls multiple times a day. So I would say his between eight twenty and two, he's busy. He can kind of, <coughs> kind of, there have been times where we've had to help him prepare him for tests and things like that, but he's managing his work well. Uh, and my daughter is very independent also. She's pretty good too. Um, she's able to kind of get through her work. She also has, um, uh, she has a couple meetings a day, a couple Zoom calls a day. We work through some things uh, here and there, but I wouldn't say that, you know, I, I don't have to stop with either of them every, I, I, I wouldn't call it homeschooling at all. In fact, I would say that I'm, I'm being more helpful than usual, right, than, than, than ever. <laughs> But I think the school has done a very good job of keeping them engaged um, and, and of really delivering the information um, easy and simple. My son's teachers, many of them record their lessons. You can go back and watch them again. They send PowerPoints of the lessons. It's, it's, they, they've done a really good job, in my opinion, of, of trying to bring the classroom home. So I... I my, let me put it, I said my husband's a software engineer. When it comes to sixth grade math, he's all in. I, I can't help with that. <laughs> well, this has been good. I'm, uh, I'm glad I got to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I, 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 again, I spell your name right every time. And I know that uh, I, the amount of work and, you know, I always tell people, I say you all, I say, you know, Travis and John over at Johnson and Blanton, you know, um, Mike, listen, they're, they have that many clients and there's only like three or four of them in there. You know, it's, uh, it's in incredible the amount of work, uh, that you all are able to do. And so, um, I, I, I my hat's off to you. Also, thank you for explaining. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell every, all my friends outside of politics that yes, lobbyists are people too. And they are, you know, I feel like there's this thing right now where there's actually like all my guy friends, you know, they don't ever listen to me because they're talking about fishing and hunting and stuff. And I don't know anything about that, but like right now, like they're actually paying attention to what I have to say because they just want to know, Hey, you know, when's my job going to be back or when's, you know, the barbershop going to be open. And I finally feel like, you know, like this is actually a worthwhile job. And I find that, a lot of the lobbyists that I've done on this podcast, I talked with Kelly Cohen last week. She's like, you know, I'm connecting people. She's like, with actual information, I feel like I'm doing, you know, that it's meritorious what's going on right now. So I appreciate you explaining all that you all are doing. And um, yeah, this is uh, this is great. So thanks for coming on today. Thank you.